Hi everyone, this is Abu and welcome to our podcast, the show that talk about health and fitness, strength and conditioning and sports science. Today we are talking about strength and conditioning in soccer with Bram Sweenen, the author of Strength Training for Soccer. Thanks for joining us, Bram. Uh, uh, hey Abu, uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your podcast and to be live in front of, uh, for the Chinese people. Yeah, the first, so this podcast is not just for Chinese, for all around the world and also our pleasure uh, to have you in our uh, podcast. Thanks for uh, accepting our invitation. Can you introduce yourself more for us? Um, yeah, I'm Bram Swinnen. Um, I started, I studied first the master in physical education. Then I continued with the master in uh, physical therapy, uh, manual therapy. And I started working in basketball and professional basketball, uh, first in Belgium. Then I went to Spain to a Euroleague team, uh, Estudiantes yeah. Madrid. Um, I did a national team in Belgium and then I went uh, to Russia, uh, to two other EuroLeague teams. And from there, I made a step uh, to football, to Anji Mahajkala, the team of uh, yeah. Samoleto, Las Diara, William Borges. At that moment, a lot of good players. And since then, I continued in football. Um, now I'm working in Belgium for the team of Karse Genk, I'm a high performance coach. And I combine it a little bit with my own business. Um, so I work with a lot of different athletes. I work with uh, tennis, I work with football, basketball, uh, track and field. And like you said, I also wrote a book, Strength Training for Soccer. Um, it's been translated in Chinese and in a few months it will be on the Chinese market. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I see this. Uh, your book get a lot of attention all around the world. And I think it's they translate in many languages, not just in, uh, I mean, English Chinese and now in Chinese. Yeah. yeah, there's also an Iranian version, but uh, fortunately it's a legal copy. <laughs> so, uh, and the next uh, language will be uh, Spanish. Great, great, great. Yeah. So, uh, why strange training? Why you choose the, just, you write the strange training. You didn't write the general, the whole strength and yeah. conditioning. Yes. Um, I don't want, I didn't want to go into the whole thing, strength and conditioning. Uh, I really yeah. want to go in like a specific topic, but you can see it as performance because yeah. I don't only isolate it on strength training because yeah. for me, strength training is the basis of a good performance of physical development. So you yeah. can consider it like this. You have like the, uh, you have strength, you have yeah. uh, power, uh, speed, endurance, and mobility. And those five fitness components need to be trained, integrated. Yeah. So that's a little bit, um, the angle from which, uh, I wrote uh, the book. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I look at the book. Uh, I couldn't, I didn't have time to finish it, but it was very interesting. Mm. Yeah. Dude, like you say, it's a strange and kind of, I mean, it's a strange book, but it's cover a lot of other, uh, areas. Uh, so, so as a football, I mean, here we always here because we have a European friends and American friends. They always fighting. They're using the same word 
football yeah. and soccer. <laughs> and so uh, as a f uh, for football players, so what's the most important uh, physical demands for them? What they need to train most? Like I said before, uh, you cannot separate those fitness components. What yeah. was done 20 years ago, everything was developed too isolated. You had the yeah. strength training on the strength machines. Yeah. You had the running was a running part. So it was completely outside of football. They went running like five kilometers or, yeah. um, this is not the way football is played. Um, for example, in football, football endurance, yeah. explosive strength, so power is as important as extensive endurance, uh, during yeah. the game to keep up uh, your level of play, especially in, uh, the last 15 minutes of the game uh, yeah. to keep up, to maintain a good uh, movement economy, you need to have a good power uh, base. So explosive power is as, is as important and also is integrated with endurance. Uh, same with strength, speed, all those uh, fitness components, they're integrated. So it's very important that you train it in a specific way and that you integrate those parts as much as possible. Uh, science has proven yeah. that this enhances um, transfer to the pitch yeah. and also you need less training time because if you isolate each component, you need more training time and you have less transfer. So I think the most important thing is yeah. a good periodization and also that you integrate different parts. Interesting. So uh, if we uh, come to the start of the what well, we say training, uh, what is, what kind of test we need to go through or screen? So when the first day we get to the team and which kind of test you recommend for a stringent conditioning to do with, uh, his or her we team? Do, yeah, of course we do the medical testing. We also do some strength tests, but we don't exaggerate the first day because we moved away from too much testing. Yeah. And we integrate the testing into uh, training itself. So that means each training session is a session where we measure, where we yeah. gather as much data as possible. Um, because if you look, uh, especially in Europe, the schedule is extremely congested. Um, yeah. With Genk, there were years that we played more than 60 games. So that means like every week is it almost double. And yeah, then it's very complicated to do a measurement and repeat it at several times. Of course, you have speed measurements, but yeah. we try to integrate everything as much into training as possible. Even the speed Just, measurements, we integrate yeah. it into a speed strength session. So where there's a strength exercise, where there's a power exercise, and there's also, for example, an acceleration or yeah. a sprint. And it's for training purposes, but of course we measure uh, the speed of, of the players like this, you have the, you have uh, the advantage that you don't lose time. You don't yeah. use, you lose valuable time for training. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's, it's a lot better to do it like this. Also, what you see the new developments is yeah. that analyzes should be a lot more sports specific. I think in the future. Uh, and even now there are possibilities like this already. We did it, for example, in the team with all the players that had uh, adductor related growing pro problems that yeah. we put 
sensors on their body. So you have also suits that you yeah. can put on and you can do it by a mechanical analysis, but you do it on the pitch and you see the measurements, how it is, uh, you see the movements and you yeah. analyze and you gather data from the movement like it really is. And we analyze yeah. data from a, yeah, from a soccer kick. We let them kick at 60%, at 100%. And for example, you have good research that also says like players that have a adductor related growing injury. Yeah. Every, the, the chance is really big, even more than 60% that the moment that they start preseason, they will have problems again. And one of those, um, uh, one of the elements why they always have problems is because yeah. the movement is disturbed in a way that coordination yeah. is a little bit disturbed. For example, yeah. the quick pelvic posterior tilt is disturbed. So it's like a whipping action, like a whip. So yeah. the quick movement comes from the pelvis. It's initiated by the pelvis and gives a lot of speed to the leg. If you don't have that, the adductors have to work a lot more. And you see in players that have adductor related growing problems, and we saw it also during the measurements, a lot of times is because of the pelvis, the coordination, the quick posterior pelvic tilt is disturbed. And when you split everything up in, for example, where you do the test, the single leg step up to see yeah. how much valgus there is in the knee, that there's not a real link uh, to, it's not, there's not enough scientific base to say uh, this player will have more risk because movement on the pitch is a lot more yeah. complex. Yeah. And in the future, we will see that there will be more uh, through sensors on the body, that the movement will be more analyzed on the pitch itself and that everything has to be taken into account. Interesting. That's uh, uh, so, uh, I mean, you talk about the injury, uh, what's the most, uh, uh, important, I mean, injuries in football and uh, how we, um, how's this, what's the strategy to reduce or to prevent those injury? Um, the most, uh, uh, the, the most two injuries that the most prevalent ones are hamstring strains and adductor-related growing pain or adductor-related growing strains. Um, you also have ACL injuries, but yeah. if you look at uh, the muscle strains, I think what is really important is uh, that a good strength training in a long range of motion, because the adductors, the hamstrings, yeah. they have to function at a long range of motion. So it's also important that you strengthen them in a long range of motion. If you strengthen them in a short range of motion, yeah. uh, the length tension curve will um, decrease and they maybe they're stronger at a shorter length, but at the length that they have to function in football, they're weaker. And then you have problems. Um, and for hamstring injuries, What's also very yeah. important is horizontal force production. So most yeah. traditional strength exercises are vertical force. Yeah. So there, the vector is important and that you integrate into rehab or into prevention 
a lot of horizontal force. Horizontal force is also the most important um, element for acceleration performance. So also for performance, for performance yeah. as for injury prevention, uh, it's very important. Um, and if you look at ACL injuries, I would say yeah. a combination of strength training and yeah. plyometric training, it can even be low intensity plyometrics, uh, but through science uh, it's clear that it can prevent most of the injuries. I think uh, most of the ACL injuries yeah. occur within, uh, not most, all of the ACL injuries occur yeah. uh, within 0.1 second after ground contact. So proprioception Proprioceptive yeah. feedback is always too late because that always takes more than one tenth of a second. So what's really important there is the feed forward stability. And that's something that you train with plyometrics. So I think there, the combination of strength and plyometrics is extremely important. And of course, um, you always have to look everything you do at the effect yeah. of neuromuscular uh, efficiency and neuromuscular fatigue. Because I think a big mistake of a lot of trainers is that they do way too much. You have a very good study. It's a FIFA yeah. study. And it's uh, the analysis of a lot of Champions League teams, Euro Europa League teams. And the best measurement of speed is the first day of the preseason. And for 60% of the players, that is the best, the, the, there they produce the highest speed. And for example, if you repeat it after pre-season, mid-season, at the end of the season, yeah. um, the first measurement after off-season, that was the best measurement. And the reason there is because you accumulate a lot of neuromuscular fatigue during the season. And yeah. of course, neuromuscular fatigue affects big time speed. So the first thing you have to do for performance and injury prevention is always have a good overview of or a good idea of what is the efficiency, neuromuscular efficiency versus the neuromuscular fatigue. Interesting. So uh, the, for designing training, as, uh, uh, are you recommending the same uh, training for the same training for all the positions for all the players or every position or player they have different training plan um yeah it depends there are a little bit variations but uh not that it's completely individual schedule i think for me it's more important that we analyze the athlete the individual athlete what are his needs for the position and then individualize, individualize based on, on that uh, profile. So you see that, of course, in certain positions, they have different demands. Um, yeah, um, central defenders, if they have good uh, visual scanning, if they have good yeah. anticipation, yeah, they run less. Um, yeah. So there's a difference, of course. Um, but in the performance training, I analyze more what are the needs of the player What's their profile? For example, if a player, if I see that he made a lot of progress on the strength side of the yeah. uh, speed strength curve, yeah, then I will focus a little bit more on the speed side. If I see that he improved everywhere, so that's irrelevant of the of the position. So there's a small uh, individualization based on position, 
but uh, I prioritize um, yeah. the individual program, uh, the individual profile of, of the player. Yeah, and that's uh, interesting. So uh, in football, I mean, like uh, in Europe, if some team they have a uh, like a, they have a local league or their country league, they have also a part of probably uh, the Champions League. I think they have like nine months in season. Yeah, eight nine months they are in the season. They are playing. Yeah, it's just three yeah, months. I, How long I is their off season and in season? I think you can even say. Um, because in Belgium, I think we start earlier than all the European teams and we finish with the latest. Um, and also it's, it's been a long time that, uh, we start preseason and that within 10 days, you already have a first picture. Like, uh, it's a, it's a practice game, but still you have to periodize a little bit towards that. So I would say uh, there's almost no off season. Uh, I think players in in Belgium they have three or four weeks of holidays depending on on the schedule, maximum four. Preseason is six weeks with fixtures, and you also have already yeah. uh, qualifying for Europe. Maybe you have yeah. like a Super Cup, or there are already fixtures that are competitive. So yeah. The main part of the season is uh, is the in season, at least for ten ten months. So that, that's how, how you prioritize that. I mean, like three four weeks off season, and then in season they mm -hmm. have a match every week. How how, how you recommend the training for the, such mm -hmm. a tight schedule? Um, for me, I, we go to undulating, non-linear undulating periodization. In this way, for example, if there is an international break, then uh, there we can intensify a little bit the training sessions. We can put in a little bit more the basic uh, uh, strength sessions, so a little bit more the, the maximal strength. If we have important games, yeah, then uh, the performance training is focused more towards speed strength, more specific uh, um, strength sessions. So with the undulating, you can yeah. uh, change a lot. And also nothing is yeah. written in stone. Yeah. Everything, you have a plan because um, planning, uh, failing to plan is uh, planning to fail. Yeah. So the plan, but nothing is written in stone. You're still flexible within, the, within yeah, yeah. the plan. And I think that's very important because everything can happen. A player, uh, he can get subbed during halftime, then his planning for the week will look, of course, different than he played the whole yeah. game. Yeah. Sometimes he can be suspended because of yellow cards. Uh, so planning always changes, but it's difficult. You cannot work without a plan. So you yeah. have a plan, but nothing is written in stone. You're still flexible within the plan. I think that's the most important part. And right. another element within performance training is uh, velocity-based training. Because velocity-based yeah. training, we are, that means that you don't work with prescribed repetitions anymore, especially at, at least for the main exercises. Yeah. So instead of saying, for example, with 80% of the one repetition maximum, you're going to do six repetitions or four repetitions. You're going to work, for example, uh, today, you're going to work the moment that there's 20% speed loss, yeah. then you stop. 
So based on the velocity. And for example, if we have a very important week, we play a very, that's a very important game. Yeah. Then we work even with uh, speed losses of 5%. And uh, based on research, you know that with uh, speed loss of 5%, within two, three hours, you have complete recuperation. So you have a, uh, a better idea of when your super compensation will be and how long fatigue um, will last. So it's easier to individualize between the group because sometimes like a youth player, 20% yeah. speed loss for him will come earlier than for a well-trained, uh, experienced player. So there's more individualization and you have more control about, uh, okay, when will be the super compensation and how long will fatigue last? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. so uh, for, uh, if you are in off season, so they don't have a match, uh, what's your recommend, how many days they need to work on stringent conditioning and what's the like a time, so how many times strings, how many times speed, how many times like a agility or power, what, what's... Yeah, basically uh, off season in Belgium is limited. We have, like I said, three or four weeks. And also from a mental perspective, we want to give them two weeks completely off that we don't bother them with schedules. So what is left is one or two weeks. So there it will be more a basic running program uh, combined with a little bit of rope jumping to keep uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for the tendons, for the muscles to yeah. keep a little bit uh, the level of, of strainability up. Yeah. Um, and basic, basically uh, the extensive endurance, um, a little bit more strength endurance in a way that's a combination between activation or a little bit of prehab session. So just to get them in a good state yeah. uh, to training, just, uh, yeah, it's basically more injury prevention yeah. when they come yeah. back that they can, yeah. that we can start from a certain load to build up the yeah. load progressively. Uh, so that's not affecting their long-term athletics development. So, I mean, if they want to develop, they improve their strength, speed, I mean, their physical, uh, uh, ability because they don't have too much off season and so you cannot work too much develop them i mean train them no, exactly. so they cannot get mm. so it's hard to get really top i mean those i mean so it's at least like in your countries it's really hard to get that level high level because the other country it's, i mean yeah it's it's definitely a big challenge and our team like you have uh, kevin de bruyne you have uh, yeah. Um, you have a lot of good players that play in the Premier League that came from my team that came, that were developed. Yeah. Uh, Thibaut Courtois, the goalkeeper, he, uh, seven with, together with Kevin De Bruyne, they came from the youth team even. Yeah. Um, so for us, we are a development, development team, but yeah, uh, we want, our goal is every year to play in Europe, to finish yeah. at least with the first three in Belgium. So yeah. development is as important as competition. So both have to go hand in hand. It doesn't mean that you play each week um, that physically you can yeah. you can not develop. The only thing, um, yeah. it's very easy uh, to give a very hard training session. Like I say, like uh, yeah. a lot of players, like they come to the first day of, uh, of practice and that's their, yeah. their best speed result. 
So it's very hard, easy to give a hard session, but it's yeah. a little more difficult to give a very smart session. And a smart session is that uh, you give a good stimulus for improvement, but yeah. also you take into account um, the neuromuscular effect, the neuromuscular fatigue from that training. So it's a very, yeah, you yeah. need the balance between fatigue and efficiency. Yeah, I know this as a stringent condition in MS sometimes we don't have that freedom to design uh, according to your our philosophy and sometimes they have a coach head coaches uh, his ideas and besides sometimes too much games you know uh, too much like traveling so it does affect uh, uh, our uh, like periodization or, or training uh, plan so we go so if uh, let's talk about the uh, just off season and in the situation that you have enough time, like we say, okay, three months, like 12, 10, 12, ma 10, 12 weeks. So in this situation, we let's we make it like this scenario. So we have uh, 10 to 20 weeks off season. And so we don't need to worry about that. We don't talk about that just uh, on season, uh, in season. Uh, so if uh, like uh, for, let's talk about the speed training. So, I mean, you know, the football player is all about the speed and they need to be fast uh, in the pitch. Uh, how you develop speed in uh, football players? Mm -hmm. um, speed, to develop speed, especially football specific speed, is what I call the icing on the cake of performance. So, uh, I always say, I, or there are other uh, strength coaches that say uh, to get stronger is as easy as falling out of a boat and hitting water. So you can do about anything, especially with uh, relatively untrained players, they will get stronger. But to make a player uh, faster, uh, you need to really do the right things. Coordination is really important. Uh, neuromuscular fatigue, you have to take into account is really important. Um, to develop speed, I have two different uh, sessions. Uh, you have uh, strength speed, where the focus is also a little bit more on the strength part. And I try to uh, approach the whole uh, strength velocity curve. And I have speed strength where the focus is mainly really on the, on the speed uh, part of the curve, on the speed end of the curve. With speed strength, I will try uh, every strength exercise uh, is, I will to try, try to include or incorporate like ballistic exercises. So those are exercises where the athlete jumps out. For example, a single leg step up, alternating step up uh, jump with weights, but they jump out, it's safe but they jump out because if you jump out, power development is a lot higher. And also neuromuscularly, the coordination is a lot more similar than uh, uh, to the movement on the pitch compared to when you don't jump out. Um, and even it's like a Bulgarian or a Russian complex. So for example, with a Russian complex, uh, you do one strength or one ballistic exercise and you combine it with a sport specific exercise. So it can be a football exercise, mostly uh, between eight to 15 seconds, short, but really explosive. The speed of execution as high as possible. 
So you uh, have one strength exercise, you have the post-activation potentiation effect, what they call. So like a higher uh, neuromuscular drive and following in the, the speed exercise of the sport specific speed exercise, players, they can exert more power and they're a little bit faster than without the strength exercise. Bulgarian complex is the same, uh, but you go from a strength exercise, so a pure strength exercise, for example, 85% of your maximum, uh, two to three repetitions. Then you do an in-between, a power exercise, like for example, a jump squat. And then you go to uh, a, a plyometric or a speed exercise. So it can even be uh, strength, power, plyometrics, and sport-specific uh, football exercise. So, or an agility exercise, what we also do a lot is uh, a brain training, like a reactive exercise, but also with the cognitive part, so decision-making. And uh, that is very important um, because you also have the post-activation potentiation effect. So you increase the neuromuscular drive. And for me, when you work, uh, you try to train speed, improve speed, velocity-based training is really important. Scientifically, it's proven that if you want to improve speed, 5% um, velocity loss works best. So you will have the most in, uh, improvement in, in speed and more gains. If you want to improve counter movement jumps, so a little bit more the power part, you can go anywhere between 5 and 20% of velocity loss. So where for strength development, of course, you can go a little bit higher between 20 and 30% of velocity loss. So when I develop speed, I cut off um, the repetitions quicker. So the moment there's between five and 20% of speed loss, it's done. So shorter work, higher quality. And a good planning, for example, or uh, strength exercise combined with plyometrics works, uh, strength with ballistics, strength with sports specific speed, and even ballistics with uh, sport-specific uh, sport drill. Uh, science has proven that any of those combinations, they have an added value than isolating each component. So that's what, what they also call like the complex training elements. Uh, complex training together with velocity-based training, I think for me that's the essence of uh, speed training. And of course, coordination that is specific to the sport. Uh, very nice. Uh, interesting. So you are fix, uh, mixing the exercise together. It's not like you go uh, first to like uh, coordination when you finish and go to like power, power, then speed, speed, go to the mm -hmm. strength. So you are mixing like a contrast training, yes. complex training. So you do two, three, three, two, three exercise together. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it's also from a scientific point that also has uh, an added value, an advantage of you integrate the cognitive part. Because you have your motor, your motor component, your motor pattern that you have to call up into, the, into your brain, into the working memory, and then you have to call up a different motor uh, pattern for the next exercise. Like this, your working memory is more active than when you, for example, you would isolate it and you would say, I would I'd do three sets of this exercise, when I finish, I go to the next one. Um, and this way, 
we also try to integrate the cognitive part. So the last exercise, the sport specific drill. So it's yeah. as high speed of execution as possible, anywhere five seconds to 15 seconds, not too long and quick decision-making. So like also integrate in that exercise, like a cognitive element, because so, yeah. uh, very important. It's not always the quickest player that will get first to the ball in football, because uh, in a short distance, 80% of the actions in football are within, take place within 10 meters of, uh, of distance. So if the, if the distance is that small, decision-making is extremely important. So um, when you train speed, you also have to train uh, quick decision-making. And how to do this? Because you also talk about the brain training uh, and this uh, decision-making ability, like quick, quick decision, how you develop that? Um, it's a little bit difficult to explain just with words. I need to show some exercises on my Instagram or my LinkedIn. Uh, I show some exercises. A very simple exercise, for example, with the light trainer. So the lights that we use, you put the six lights and um, we put them like 30 centimeters apart. It doesn't have to be dirty. It can be, can be a little bit less, a little bit more. If you put them further away, you focus a little bit more on agility. If you put them closer, it's, you focus a little bit more on the cognitive elements. But for example, with uh, red, they have to touch right. Blue, they have to touch left. And then you build it up. Um, always, like, every set that they come back, I add a component. So there's more decision making. And also integrating technical skills. So also playing the ball. Um, it's difficult to explain, but if you go to my Instagram there, you will also see there are a lot of uh, sport-specific uh, brain training exercises. So where I combine or agility with brain training or technical skills with brain training. Uh, very good. Uh, can you tell us uh, for, uh, for people who want to follow you in YouTube or Instagram, what's your account? Because I check your uh, YouTube and that, that's really some very interesting uh, drills uh, and that's uh, like you say with the lights uh, that's what's very uh, surprising mm -hmm. this uh, what's your account do people want to yeah, follow you thank you um, yeah uh, Bram Swinnen uh, on Instagram I have uh, a lot more I should put a little bit more I should invest a little bit more in, the, in my YouTube channel uh, I have more content on Instagram and LinkedIn uh, for the moment than on, on YouTube. But I'm on, on Twitter. There is integrated performance. And uh, on LinkedIn and Instagram is my name, Bram Swinnen. Ah, ah, very good. Or Bram and yeah, if they want to interesting, they can go and uh, follow you because the people is too much on social media. Uh, recent, I mean, these the past 10 years, uh, we heard a lot about the functional training, especially in the Western country and uh, like uh, they are talking about single, I mean, the, they say, okay, the, look at the sport, what they do and we do the same, like they say, okay, you don't need to do too much uh, uh, normal or traditional uh, deadlift or traditional squat or uh, doing the seating and doing those the weight training because they say you don't sit so you need to stand 
your sport is standing like football, so all your exercise must be in the standing position. What do you think about the functional training? Are you using, yeah. implementing your training? Um, of course, single leg work should be dominant. Uh, that's obvious. Um, Coordination-wise, you need to work as specific as possible. But I also don't agree with some of the functional guys. Some of the functional guys, they took it too far. Because intensity is the most important training parameter that there is. And also, like a high motor unit activation is also very important. When you take it too functional, um, the stabilizing muscles, they will fatigue early. And uh, the, mod the motor unit output will decrease and strength output will, will decrease. Um, so an advantage of the normal strength exercises, you will have like a high motor unit activation and recruitment. And that's also um, what you can transfer to sports. So saying I'm gonna work only functional and just functional and really functional and really like coordination-wise and balance-wise difficult exercises, um, then you will compromise on the strength development. So I don't agree with any part, not with the strength guys that uh, only squatting, deadlifting, bench pressing, that will not make you the best athlete. But on the other end of the spectrum, you have the functional guys that really like, um, that went too far, there needs to be a balance. So the most important strength parameter is in, in intensity. And you also have in your training, you need to be able to focus on that intensity. So also, if you see on, on the way uh, my training sessions, some are also on uh, social media, you see, I try to balance most of, of, of the things. So I try to put some intensity in there and I, I put functional and sport specific exercise in there. Uh, so, uh, you see, uh, what do you think about the biggest mistake of uh, stringent conditioning coaches when they are planning their uh, atlas training? Like I said, it's extremely easy for anyone to give somebody a very hard uh, training session. So, it's very easy to kill somebody. It's a lot more difficult to really to build an athlete up. So uh, the biggest mistake, I think also you have a lot of different hypes and people go into really go into one hype. I think, um, yeah, uh, the truth is more in a combination of, we're training also, uh, training, you can go back from, to Milos from Croton, from ancient Greeks. Yeah. Uh, training, people are training for centuries and uh, that met methodology is not going to change from one day to the other. So it's not yeah. smart. Uh, you have those gurus on internet uh, that uh, they think uh, or they will sell you on one concept. Uh, it's more complicated than that. There are a lot of different parts, but I think like a balance uh, between different elements, like for example, the functional sport specific part, and uh, yeah, the intensity part, uh, traditional strength, that is important. I would say don't go too, into too much, don't follow too many hypes. Always yeah. consider 
what is useful, what is helpful, and what I'm not going to use. So what's the uh, recovery strategy for soccer player? Because they have too many games, too many uh, fitness training. Sometimes they travel. Uh, you know, sometimes they have two, three games per week. So what they need to do or what do you, as a coach, you help them to always be uh, in shape? I did with uh, Essex. A few of yeah. those drills are online, also on YouTube. And it was a combination of brain training and some sport-specific tennis exercises. For example, in tennis, the day after the yeah. game, each uh, player, if you won the game, you will go through the strokes that you will probably need into the next game. And I combined that, but with decision-making elements and with cognitive yeah. elements. And in football, um, so in Genk, we also do the DNA testing and you can there are uh, at least 10 uh, genes, uh, allele couples that are identified where you can see if an athlete, if he's more, um, if he is more prone to peripheral fatigue or central fatigue. Those that are prone, especially uh, they're, they're not prone to, to peripheral fatigue, we will focus more on uh, cognitive training combined with uh, technique training. It's low intensity. It's also a little bit uh, extensive endurance part that you that you trigger. But it's low intensity. It's for specific cognitive training and that to activate the higher brain areas and to reactivate the motor cortex uh, to reduce fatigue. It's a little bit complex, but in the future, we will hear a lot more strategies, not only peripheral, yeah. but also that will focus more on the central fatigue. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I see the, recently there is a lot of focus on recovery because, I mean, they have a too much, I mean, the athletes is too much pressure mentally, physically. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a lot of, yeah, now research books coming out in this uh, topic. Uh, I, I see you also, you have your, like, uh, company, your, uh, like, a football performance course, your uh, doing workshop. Uh, can you tell us more about the, this football performance course? What's that and what you are doing? Yeah, it's uh, with my company, uh, with uh, my colleague, Stan Lindermans. Uh, we have integrated performance training and uh, we provide uh, training education. And the first program is the football performance course. So we handle different topics, but the main idea is that we uh, integrate like the new science around uh, football. And we also make the transition, like how do you uh, apply it uh, practical? How you, how you translate that evidence into practice? And uh, so far it has been very successful. Um, the first three we did in Belgium, the last one was an international one. We had 13 different countries. We even had a, um, one coach from uh, Brazil, the rest were 12 European countries. It was sold out uh, almost immediately. Now we, uh, we're going to do one in Holland. Uh, unfortunately for the viewers, it's sold out. Uh, the next Good. one, uh, ah, and then this is a scoop, eh, Abu, yeah. scoop, especially mm -hmm. for you. The next one will be in Barcelona, the 26th and 27th of November. Wow, interesting. interesting. So you are just doing football. Uh 
performance like a course not other sports um, just football yeah yeah but it's also why we use football uh, because there's a lot more research in football than any other sport or even other all other sports combined uh, but you can easily also translate it into other team sports yeah. uh, we had basketball coaches we had rugby hockey um, even a track and field coach that also were in the course already so uh, I use more um, practical examples or evidence, yeah. uh, scientific evidence from uh, football research. Yeah. But of course, you can apply it to any team sport. Yeah, interesting. Uh, do, do you have website? Uh, the website is integratedperformancetraining.com. Yeah, yeah. There you can also click further and you can go to uh, the football performance course. Great, great. Uh, uh, thank you very thank you. much, uh, Coach. Uh, do you have anything you want to talk? Because all my question is, uh, yes, this is done. I don't have any question. Do you want to talk anything you you would like to talk about? No, I I think it was uh, it was very nice to be on uh, on on your podcast on your show. Interesting questions, and yeah, I think uh, also through. The Association of Physical Coaches and Football. That's a yeah. Belgium uh, organization. Yeah. But uh, there are also already connections with China. Yeah. Um, so I think in the future, uh, hopefully, we will meet. We will meet more. Uh, for sure, for sure. I think. I mean, tonight that uh, you give a lot of important information. I think the the coach uh, will learn a lot, uh, and if they have more. Uh, they want to learn more from you. They can uh, uh, buy your book, uh, and then and they have question. Also, they can go to your social media and uh, ask you and access to your courses or book. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Bram. Uh, thanks for your time. Thank you, Abu. It was a pleasure to be to be on. Thanks. Uh, uh, goodbye. Okay. Bye.